The following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating a gorilla's floppy milk. I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares right. We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. <laughs> Welcome to episode 106 of the Department of Offense. Hello. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlo. I'm here. <laughs> and we're not going to fight this week. It's going to be nice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you say. We're, we're, I don't know. You did yell at me for getting some books off the table. <laughs> you got them off the table, so we're not fighting. Oh, yeah. It's like, I bit back a mark about, go fuck yourself, Casey. <laughs> That's right. Take, I'll, I should take these books and shove them up your ass. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you didn't say that. Yeah, I, I did not. I, I did not say that though. So I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. Uh, Matt is here as well. Howdy, doody. Fuck Rick, you, I'm here. Fuck you, Rick. Yep. Fuck and you, Matt. Fuck Miles. you, Rick. <laughs> fuck you, Miles. Miles is on why, the chat. Why am I always last? <laughs> <laughs> he is always last. <laughs> you like clearly skipped me in this. No, I, I did not start with hey, this way. <laughs> I started with me and then went to Carla. Why don't you? Because <laughs> Carlos is always second. Just go back. You just to, need to sit next to Carlos. Hey, just go back to grade school right and be like, say best for last, right? Yeah. Yeah, Miles. I always have the best for last. Yeah, except he goes and Miles. I. That's, that's not true. what I did this that's time. True. Oh yeah. By the way, Miles. Yeah, you put like a question mark <laughs> at the end of that. Well. Question mark. Miles? <laughs> I guess Miles. Okay, is fine. Miles or is it, is it a broom with a beard? Welcome to episode 106. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlos. No, I'm not here for Fuck this episode. You, you skipped me off. <laughs> Carlos is always second. This, this doesn't make it better. Carlos is always second. He's you were going to be third, okay? I am now a, now I'm you're not, last again. Now, no, now we're not even acknowledging you. <laughs> but I'm sitting no, at the left hand to... of Casey. This is supposed yeah. to be a good thing. But Carlos is... Carlos is always second. Carlos, Welcome to the Department of Offense with Casey, what? Carlos, Matt, and Rick. <laughs> and no Miles on this week. I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you and your licorice. All right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about licorice. <laughs> God damn it. I have something very important to say. Ooh, well, I doubt important it. Important announcement, everybody. Important announcement. Okay. Here we go. Before we get too deep, this episode was brought to you by our Patreon subscribers, Dale Littlejohn and Zach Zabloski. 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 Zablowski. Do you need a practice? <laughs> Zach, why is your name so hard? It's, it's, it's not. I've heard you say his name before. It's fine. And take two. And that was the bit, guys. Thank you for... Never mind. <laughs> well, can't do bits on this show. They go Zach, he knows how to pronounce your name. He just pretended he didn't. Because <laughs> fucking because he's an asshole, I guess. Yeah, Zach, we appreciate your donation, yours to Dale, and thank you for keeping us on the air. Woo! And if you had donated more, Casey would not have purposely messed up your name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scripted show. It's all fake. <laughs> God damn it. Carlos, what have you been up to this week? Again, you skipped me. Where's our last well, track? No, this is the we, order this we is go how in. it works. This is the order it goes in. <laughs> You're getting skipped. We already established that fuck you, Miles. No, no, screw it. Let, Rick, what have you been doing this week? Not much. Miles. I don't care. Miles. What, what, fine, Miles. What have you been doing this week? Not Besides much. work. Not you much. say work, you're done. 
My occupation. <laughs> he complains about getting skipped and then says, oh, I haven't been doing much. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have anything no, to say. No, you don't want to know. You don't want to hear. Just go ahead. Go ahead, Carlos. You didn't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, Carlos, but that could have been, been this known week. beforehand. I don't know. Played a couple of video games. Oh, you knew it before you complained that's about what happened. it. We didn't have a show last week. We did not have that's a show last why week. We didn't. We, we didn't have a show last week because we were at uh, Bent getting the... Uh, uh, interview for this week, yeah. which mm. that was a fun uh, time. Yeah, which is where we're going to cut news out this week. We're a little bit shorter on the front half, maybe uh, with all this rambling. <laughs> yeah, we're not. It <laughs> probably won't be. Shorter, it's just going to be a long show. But uh, I did. But, uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, it's going to be long. Uh, I did watch a couple movies though. Uh, in the meantime, I did what first movie I watched was uh, uh I watched. Uh, I forgot the name of the John Wick. I did watch John Wick. I was trying to remember what the second Wasn't one was. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, John Wick was a blast. I haven't seen it yet. I really, really need to. It's really fun. And I, after watching it, I realized, like, you know, maybe he's, uh, Casey is on to something. Maybe maybe there is a Keanu Sans coming. <laughs> there is a Keanu Sans He's in a new coming. horror movie coming out, too, that looks pretty good. And he also, they're already think, trying to work on, like, a sequel to John Wick. Mm. John Wick 2. More mm-hmm. Wick. Murder more people. And that, was, <laughs> that movie was a blast. Like, it's just a straight-up action movie. He's out for revenge. It's just... Cuts right to the chase. It was uh, directed by a uh, uh, couple of uh, former... Uh, a stuntman and Theon Greyjoy's in it. Yeah. Is he? Yep. And he's Does still he a douchebag. Pecker in that one too. Did Pretty you, close. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Did you? Uh, and it look, like everybody like looks like they're having fun with it. Like yeah, it they do. So Carlos, here's. I, here's one thing that you did this week that I don't think you were going to bring up, and I really want to just propose it to the All group right. to see if this is a thing that's okay. Uh oh. Carlos ate an entire can of beans. You're, you see, you're phrasing. <laughs> you're phrasing. <laughs> All right. So he, he, t- he took a can of refried beans, plopped it into a bowl, yeah. heated it up, and then because he didn't use a spoon but used <laughs> chips, he calls it bean dip. It's a bean dip. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not bean dip. Just you don't use a spoon. <laughs> no, he no. used an edible I, spoon. I had a bunch of chips. I had some cheese. I mixed some cheese and some sauce in with a bean dip. Oh, you put. Oh, well, then it's a bean dip. No, he put a little bit of cheese on top of it. I put a good amount on there. Carlos, hey. last time you said you didn't put any. You Whoa. didn't put much cheese on it because you ate the entire block of cheese. No, yeah, you, you know. <laughs> that was a different kind it of cheese. Stems from other I weird used eating habits. Mexican cheese. <laughs> I use Mexican cheese for my bean dip. <laughs> I use blocks of Munster cheese. To you should eat. have made some yellow rice for it too. No, I was not going to make okay. some rice. And <laughs> this is can painful. you can you eat a bowl of bean dip as a meal? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> it's protein. I want to. I want to get. What did you put in besides beans? All right, so there was I some cheese on Toss a bunch t- of that uh, Mexican, like the Mexican. So there's type Mexican cheese. cheese. Okay, toss that, and that, that, melt, that melted in pretty easy. And then I yeah, put, right. so, took some hot sauce. Uh, oh, you put some hot, some sauce. Tosco sauce, and mixed that in there. You put any sour cream in that bad boy? I'm not. I don't. I'm not a big fan of uh, sour cream. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call it a bean dip. I, am too. I don't no. think it's a dip. All right. It go is around the table. Hot sauce. He on put it. effort in. It's a go, lazy dip. Go around the table. We're going around the table. I. What, I think it's a, you, I think it's a dip. I think it's a dip too. I think it's Miles. a lazy dip, but it's a dip. Uh, okay, so what kind of ratio really of cheese to beans are we talking about? <laughs> I didn't get a very large bag of cheese, so I, just cheese like a small again. handful. So okay, so we're talking like a bowl about this big, sure. So, bean this deep. We're yeah. talking sixteen ounces like, of beans. Are yeah. we talking like cheese or cheese? Oh, like between that, an okay. inch of cheese. I'm gonna have to go bean dip. It's not a dip. It's, okay. it's, it's definitely a dip. not a meal, but it is delicious no, okay. sounding, and it's I want some. It's a fucking lazy dip, it, but it, I think it's okay, a dip. But if he ate it with a spoon, would it still be a dip? 
Uh, <laughs> I think that, then I think I'd be like, that's pretty gross now. <laughs> See, now, Casey, I don't know. I Casey, mean... with that one question, you're opening, opening up a whole new can of beans. Like, is cereal a soup? <laughs> no, cereal. Well, did you do the beans thing on purpose? You did it. You did the beans thing on purpose. <laughs> I did. Today is the day that Rick points out all the jokes. <laughs> well, he acted like he didn't do it on purpose. Now, now, that was the bit. <laughs> now, Rick, I want you to explain for the audience exactly what uh, the can of beans is so that they can understand the joke in more detail. <laughs> well, when you open a can of beans, you have a dip. <laughs> It's according to Carlos. Okay, so Casey, four to one. That's fine. You guys can all be wrong. <laughs> see, I, I, I can see eating a thing of like baked beans before a thing of refried beans. Like when you first is like, Carlos That's just ate a, a thing bean of beans. Dip. I know, I know, but <laughs> whole bean. I thought no. you were just like, Carlos <laughs> ate a whole can of beans. I'm like, well, that's not too weird. Well, I could okay, do that no, with Bush's. Man, just I could do that with Bush's beans. baked beans. But, okay. No, so if you take baked beans and you dip a chip in it, is it now a dip? No. I would never, I would never touch it. No, because look. But what if you put cheese on top of it? Refried beans are already like a dip. They're already crushed up and stuff. They're They're already similar to a dip. They're just like beans. I don't know. I don't know. It's the lazy man's bean dip. I I I agree. It's lazy as fuck. It's just (laughs) no. I think it technically would qualify as a dip. Okay, and then I I need to talk about. (laughs) I I. God damn it. So Carlos had another meal this week. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. This one. I know he doesn't. I know yeah, he's this... not got two yeah, in you, a week. Yeah, because right. he, he brought up the fact that the bean dip and chips is not a meal. So I, I decided to compare it with a different meal I had this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just, it is. Just I'm put excited. It in I'm excited. Carlos, do you want to reveal what the All meal right. was? So uh, it was Girl Scout cookie uh, week. I, I, so I bought like $20 <laughs> worth of Girl Scout cookies, thin mints, of course. Yes. And I had absolutely. a monster energy drink, and that was a meal. You ate $20 worth of <laughs> no, cookies no, and no, a monster no. I ate, a meal. I ate a box of thin mints. <laughs> I did not eat $20 okay. worth. That is not a thing. meal. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm but what if he dipped a cookie Look, a cracker in it? They, this monster here has all my vitamins and minerals that I need. <laughs> that monster is lying you to don't you. Want no, I'm just going to throw it out there. I agree with Carlos. How do you start a box of Thin Mints and not finish them? Well, you see, the problem was, though, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's a meal. Yeah, you just, you just take the thing it, and no, put it, it back in the box. It doesn't work that <laughs> Actually, way. it's, it's pretty simple physics. <laughs> it's not that easy. And well, then you put them back in the freezer because don't you argue science with me, bitch? The problem problem was that I felt like it felt like my stomach was trying to stab itself. My, <laughs> That's probably His because you finally rebelling against him. Well, no, yeah, no, it, was it, was, it was either that or the block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I did not eat a block of cheese that day. No, <laughs> that day, it was the beans. And from it's the day not before. quite that simple. Like once again, yeah, it's a block of cheese, <laughs> but I had I had it with crackers. All right, I cut it up. It's and not as simple as eating a block of. Cheese guys, there's there's a little more art that there's, goes there's into it. Clearly, he used a shredder. No, no, I didn't. I, I used a knife. I used Carlos's knife. eating habits are fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know how you're still alive. <laughs> That's I, I, nobody knows. He's definitely not human, some sort of cyborg. It's just like calories input. <laughs> Doesn't matter the form of calories as long as something comes in. <laughs> Must input calories to system. I just beep, worry beep, about beep. what comes back out. How do you live in this 
How do you live under the same oh, roof? Or no, the block of cheese just kind of solidifies <laughs> no, no, as long as I only eat one block of cheese, it doesn't affect me at all. I'm just, no, it's, <laughs> it's the, the can no, of you bean know what, dip that's You know what terrifies rolling. me about that statement? That he has eaten more than one block of cheese to figure that out? That's what occurred to me, too. I really hope this is like a block of Velveeta, like a stick a cube. No, I would he not ate it touch like a Velveeta. roll of cookie dough. <laughs> that wouldn't be my first time. Oh, man. All right. That's because you're a woman, Matt. <laughs> Eating a thing of cookie dough? No, I do that. That's, that's you, you, know, like, you know those freaking uh, the Pillsbury I do that. That's a real cookies? meal. Those things are delicious. Oh, the sugar cookie one? Yeah, or? and you cut them up, and they have the little I pitcher the in the inside. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, I, I still try to cook them, but they always end up burned, so it's, you, it really is better just to eat them raw. <laughs> it really is. It really <laughs> is. And it's way it easier. Is. And then they don't bonus. get hard as a rock. <laughs> Carlos, have you ever heard of portion control? <laughs> uh, no. no. Was that and like he's still skinny. Goddamn <laughs> <No>. bastard. <laughs> it's okay. He's skinny fat. We're we're <laughs> over here working hard, and we're just losing like a pound a week. Carlos <laughs> fucking jamming everything he finds in his Maybe face. we should adopt the Carlos diet. <laughs> See what happens. Block of cheese a week. <laughs> a box of thin mints. And don't can a refried beans. <laughs> with and two of with a cookie chips. dough. Chips. <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out like afterwards that that might have been a little bit of <laughs> His life's just trial and error of eating weird shit. <laughs> This one doesn't make me want to kill myself. Just it's don't eat more than one box of Thin Mints in one sitting. Just don't do that. See, that's another thing he learned from doing. <laughs> <laughs> one block of cheese a week is good. You go two. You wait, wait, why, why only one? A, why only one block of cheese a week? I thought that's what you said, or did no, you say no, per no, day? That was a serving. Oh, per serving. <laughs> <laughs> a block of cheese is a serving. Because I cut it all up for the crackers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carlos, when you cut up that uh, that box or that, that block of cheese, did you eat the entire box of crackers? It was, uh, no, there was some leftover uh, that I was using, got uh, pretzel chips. Just until the oh, cheese right. is gone. And, it, and they, I had some leftover chips. Okay. So. Well, the cheese is the meter. <laughs> right. I didn't get this massive block. It was just like one of those smaller blocks. It was only like a pound. Still a fucking block of I don't, cheese. I don't know if it was a pound. I think it was closer to eight ounces. <laughs> so half a pound. <laughs> wow. Okay, Matt, what have you been up to this I week? don't think I can beat that. <laughs> now I lost everything I was thinking of. Uh, ooh, there was the chili contest at Emma's yesterday. Oh, that's right. How'd that go? I ate a lot of chili. I yeah. was full. And they had a did lot of beer. Just, did you blast a lot of ass? <laughs> no. All night afterwards? No, I actually didn't. I was very lucky. I blasted ass did all night after chili. the amount of beans as a can? Probably. Or the amount of cheese as a brick? No, I didn't put any cheese on it. Okay. I just was eating. I so just you were, tried uh, each so one. Like there were there 17 different chilies there. 17, huh? That is awesome. And why that? did nobody tell me? What was your favorite? You I think? Uh, I chose yeah. the People's Choice Award. It was the... Uh, it was like a... Curry in the it had like a curry base I to it curry. that was really yeah. good. Sounds really yep. good. And then yeah, the other one that was really good was just a normal chili one. And there was a was cheeseburger. It, was it chili. better than the uh, than the hot dish cook off we went to? Yes. Okay. Come on, hot dish is awesome. Oh yes, the yeah, hot dish no, was awesome. But, but the hot dish cook off was the one that won wasn't even a stupid hot dish. It was just beef stroganoff. <laughs> yeah. What? Wait, that one won. That's not fair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, in all honesty, hot dish is disgusting. 
What? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like beef stroganoff and cheese? <laughs> do you like beef stroganoff? Yeah. I'm oh, then, then you'd like you like hot fish, hey, I guess. Wait, what if we took his can of beans, mixed it with cheese, and put it in a pan and baked it? Wouldn't that be a hot dish? Yeah. No, I, I think that's well, just It depends on whether or not you eat it with chips. If you throw tater tots <laughs> on it, it's a hot dish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, only if that's you eat it, it with a fork or a spoon at that point. Mm-hmm. You no, can't eat it with chips. It's a hot dish. You can eat a hot now, dish any way you want. Yeah, it's still a hot dish. I think you could eat a, a hot dish with a chip. Yeah, then doesn't it become a dip? You know, it's a hot dish dip, I would say. It's a hot dip. I'm not agreeing that everything you put a chip in is dip. No, but if you use, use baked beans and cheese and tater tots, yeah, I think you're getting pretty no, close to No, you're getting too. close to a hot dish, not a dip. Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, but it's kind of splitting the middle right no, there. No, it's not the splitting the middle. <laughs> what if you dip, dip the tater tots into the... I beans. think we have a new YouTube special. That's, that's, a, that's a different kind of dip. Yeah, that's, that's Is a, it a dip? <laughs> it's a tater tot that you just dipped in the dip. That's all. Well, then what if Carlos you put it on a chip dips. afterwards? What? What if you take the tater tot? Worst put cooking it in, channel ever. Where does he take your can of beans? Dip in with Carlos. Jeez. I like, I like it. With Carlos. I like that dip in like with Carlos. Dip in with Carlos. <laughs> 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 they'll turn it on. They'll think it's a Mexican t- channel show. No, nope, it's just Carlos. Just Carlos putting shit in a bowl. <laughs> oh, did you guys catch that recent episode of Dipping with Carlos? <laughs> oh yeah, the one where he put a bunch of shit in a bowl and dipped some chips in it. Yeah, I tried making it the other day. It was really good. <laughs> you see, I don't know if I'd bother making that because I'd just end up uh, shuttled over in like the Indian category for some reason. Because that's, that's, that's what happens. With the like, Department of Defense broadcasts in Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you look at the related videos on, on the side of the page when it's broadcasting, it's a bunch of, like, Indian Bollywood videos. Hey, we're an Indian hit. Hey. Right. hey. Shout oh, out to man. India. Right. Uh, then Matt and I, uh, we recorded, or not not recorded, but we, we worked on Bruzik last night. Yeah, we And did. so the first time we did Bruzik, for those of you who don't know, we pair uh, six beers with six songs, right? So I bought one six-pack, one of each beer, and we did that. And that wasn't quite enough beer. So last night, I bought two six-packs, two of each beer, and that was too much beer. <laughs> yeah, we finally got to the last one, and we're like, this, or no, the second to last one, we couldn't pair a song with that. <laughs> I got to say, though, that Bruzik sheet looks really nice. Well, yeah, it does. It's very it's, cool. It's well uh, yeah, you can get that by subscribing to our Patreon page. Yeah, we, also, I did something this week. Oh, yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> Since we're not talking about what I did. <laughs> yeah, we decided to skip you. No, week. no, I, I was, that was, that was, that was oh, tangentially that, okay, on Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, no, go ahead. No, that's that's it. No, no, we're oh, over. and and Matt can't play Mario. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't play Mario. <laughs> you have like five buttons there. It's not that hard. I grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog. No, it's it's he knows the buttons are then, there, Carlos. It's it's the whole timing the jump. He grew thing. up with Sonic the Hedgehog. He should know how to handle Mario. No. Mario was like slow motion. Sonic is like whoosh. This big character on this big screen. Sonic, Mario's this tiny little thing. Sonic and, is I bullshit. I love Sonic. <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm just going to go really fast, and now I'm dead. Well, we were sitting shit. like three feet away. See, from that's the your problem. I don't die right away. It wasn't, with that. It wasn't well, a you oh. couldn't find Mario issue. <laughs> you were three feet from the I don't know which guy's Mario. Sonic is just a really cool obstacle course. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Mario is. No, no. See, Mario, you take in slow motion. I do have a Sonic CD on Steam. Well, Mario's way better. I'm just agreed. That wasn't the argument. I just see. Said I didn't Sonic grow up cool with the Nintendo. I never. And then we. 
we played some is Donkey Kong Country. Is terrible. Yep. I kind of want to play Sonic now. <laughs> Lovely. I just. I thought I just you were just complaining about how horrible that was. There's something wrong with you. Why would you give away a Genesis? Because I did. I found it in the bottom of a box covered in dust, and I had. Wait, you gave it away a Genesis? Yeah, I gave, I gave it to my aunt and for her kids. Oh, you stayed. In, uh, that's uh, good enough. Okay, man. at least yeah. it's in the family. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Speaking of which, Went I think kids. like one of your cousins keeps like like a I guess a friend invited me on Steam. Oh, probably. And then, like he started, like I was like working on some story stuff today, and like, hey, play Payday Two. Is like, nope, ignore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rick, what have you been up to? Well, I mean, obviously, I worked. I do yeah. that, but um, I don't know. I just I, I had a good week. I just liked my week. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do a whole lot. I played board games with some friends. What ones? Friday night. His real Very friends, cool. not us. Yeah, no, no yeah, we weren't invited. <laughs> No, it was just a thing. Like they were like, "Hey, want to play some board games?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm right by your house, actually." Because so you're stalking them, right? <laughs> well, I was looking in their window, and I was like, "I can't wait till these guys invite me." He was trying to compare them to their Facebook pictures. Uh, no, we we played some games, and it was cool. Awesome. Um, I don't cool. like King of Tokyo. If you've heard of that, never heard of that one. Never heard of that one. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's, it does sound cool. I recommend it. I don't know. I think it's like you, you play a monster, and you go, and then there's Tokyo in the middle. And you roll some dice, and stuff comes up, whether you attack or heal yourself or get energy. So and you play then, a giant monster that's attacking Tokyo? Yes. Yeah, like, kind of like, um, God's, kinda like, like you, you go into Tokyo, and when you're in Tokyo, everyone who they rolls an attack... They can't call it Godzilla. Yeah, no, it's it's like different monsters, like a whole bunch of different ones. And uh, when you go into Tokyo, your monster, when people roll an attack, you get hit. And when you're in Tokyo, you hit everyone else. Okay. So you're and but you can't heal yourself while you're in Tokyo, so you're kind of fucked if you don't get out of there, right? You know. And every time you get hit, you can leave Tokyo and the other person. No, the audience wa- audience wants to know if uh, Mothra is a monster can be in it. No, it's it's not like copyright monsters. It's all oh, I, I just I figured they'd be like a knockoff, of course. Of yeah, everything. well, they're not even really knockoffs. They're kind of like self created things. There's a monkey with a with a cyborg eye and stuff. I don't know, and a big. Lizard. It kind of resembles other monsters. <laughs> so they were but not off like, rampage instead. All right. No, yeah. it's not. It's, it's uh, whatever. There's <laughs> a fun game. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, how was how was the beers that you picked up at uh, Four Forkins? They I haven't drank them all yet, but uh, they've been good so far. Awesome. I mean, I went I went mostly with breweries that I knew. Okay. Because I'm not ready to spend to branch out. And... Yeah. Um. I mean, it's expensive. They, it costs a bit of money. Yeah. Up there. It's a great place, but you know, it's a little on the spendy side. All they do is craft, so I can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta get a little more money. But yeah, so I went mostly with breweries that I knew, and they've been good so far. Man is eating noodles out of a box. Oh, yeah. What's his finger? <laughs> what is the fuck is this? Noodles and Company. God damn it! We just made fun of Carlos for his eating habits. <laughs> Jesus. This is not I'll, a bowl of beans. At least I'll or eat a, a brick box of noodles. Cold noodles. At least if I eat noodles, I'm going to use a fork. Butter noodles and Parmesan person. with Parmesan-crusted chicken. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of that. All right. Well, uh, we should probably... This beer in front of us... Oh, hang on. I, I wanted oh, to say, yeah. I, I had a uh, the Sierra Nevada Hefeweizen. Or no, it wasn't Sierra. What was it? Summit. 
Well, I don't. I don't remember now. Never mind. Disregard. <laughs> so yeah, today. But either way, are... it was a good beer. <laughs> today we are drinking Excelsior's uh, bitch. Slap. Would you like another one, Carlos? It doesn't have a <laughs> no. label on it. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> the bitch slap. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. two mystery beers in each each one. Okay, so we are drinking uh, bitter slapper, shlapa, slapa, butter nipples, bitch slap. <laughs> Something I think from from, Excel- from Excelsior Brewing Company uh, in Excelsior, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it has a 78 on uh, BA. It is an American brown ale that comes in at 6.8 percent. Uh, packaging wise. Two of our bottles didn't have labels. The box says 6.5%. Uh, they, the box is probably right. I don't know. I don't <laughs> trust them. There are no labels on this beer. I think it, it's that's just the average. It's just very elaborate homebrew. That's just the average that they have there, and like because some of the bottles are different. Um, but yeah, so Peter Carlos, Schlapper. you're you're almost done with yours. Uh, what do you think? It's all right. Uh, like it's nothing exceptional or anything. Okay, Miles. It, I found out what bitishlapa means. Does it mean bitch slap? It does butter not. nipples. It does means it mean... no. It means butter noodles. Measly please. So what? like what? Please. That's not a thing. Oh. That's not a thing. Oh, <laughs> I, okay. Well, bit bit um, is is please. Yeah. He has the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing. Why the, uh, did you remember the oobnout above the a? Why Why would they name it that? I have no idea. <laughs> Another one, please. Excelsior, please. please. Please, please. Is there a nifty story? Because it's an uh, American medium-bodied, smooth, dark ale, robustly malted with lots of Vienna malt, flavors of caramel, toffee, and cocoa. In the finish, this Munich-inspired ale will slap you silly with malt, flavor, and aroma. See? No. Slap. No, wait a second. Slap. I thought that this was an American <laughs> brown. It is. Maybe it's please slap. So why, why isn't it just an American uh, words? You may call it what you wish, but call on it you will. <laughs> so they want us to call it Bitch Slap Brown. Perfect. Oh, so like I was actually all right calling it that. All right. Yeah, they know. say you can call it whatever you want. I'm fine with that. So Mac can bitch call slap it brown. Mac can call it butter noodle, butter nipples, <laughs> <Yep>. butter noodles. <laughs> Miles, anyway, uh, what do you think? Quick glance. I, it's all right. I'm not like the biggest it. fan of brown ales. <clears throat> this doesn't speak to me very much. Okay. Maybe you should listen mouth, harder, so. right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, yeah, it's it's all right. I don't know. There isn't anything special. I want to know what else Excelsior has brought out. Yeah, uh, we we saw this one in the at, at Four Firkins, and we're like, well, we haven't had anything from this brewery, and we haven't done a brown ale in a long time, <laughs> so we figured we'd try it. Yeah, Excelsior, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I've never had any of their stuff before. So. Yeah, Rick. I think it's a good brown ale. Yeah. It's uh, I gave it a three point five on the tap. Anybody, so, does anybody else think it kind of tastes like a Tootsie Roll? Eh. Everyone no. takes a sip. No. Okay. No. No. Okay. There's the hint of cocoa in there. Yeah, not really. No. I guess maybe I it was just that one sip I took. Uh. What was really weird is when we were pouring these all out. Yeah, my, yeah. me and Rick's look like Coca Cola. Yeah, and the <laughs> other ones look like normal beers. No head, and the walls of the glass are just covered in bubbles. <laughs> but your glasses are different. And okay, I'm that's blame because that. dishes. No, well, no, we're not. We're not complaining I'm about fine. a glass being. We're I'm talking just, about that might make it oh, be what. Made well, it's it. the only factor that's yeah. like that's yeah. Or maybe somebody like put something in that glass and just. Uh, so we're going to die in a couple minutes? What Carlos <laughs> is saying is he poisoned us. <laughs> I don't know. Carlos did hand out the glasses. I'm not... 
I didn't hand out the glasses. People grabbed their own glasses. Uh huh. After I you poisoned down. them, <laughs> I poisoned everyone except one. I'm only. <laughs> Um, I got. <laughs> he poisoned his own. I don't know. I didn't grab the glasses, so maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> he's, he's the most dangerous. He's a game. true wild card. <laughs> I might have poisoned myself. I don't boom, know. Boom, boom. We'll find out in about ten minutes. This is going to be great. Next week on the Department of Defense, who died? <laughs> right. One guy left. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's Carlos because apparently his system can take anything. I, I, yeah, I guess we right. it. No, that would mean there's two people alive. You can yeah, but any somebody else died with a, the with a can of beans. But I'm out. Oh no, you're out of beans. Yeah, because I ate them all. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> It's time to go grow tree. There is not a happy ending to this. No more story. dip in a can. It's okay. Carlos, Carlos has grown grown a lot in the past few years. It used to be when we first started living together. He would go to the he would go to the grocery store like a kid, and <laughs> <laughs> just show up, just show back home with bags of candy. <laughs> oh, that's different. I believe that's, that. That's because I go to I go to Walmart and they say, "Oh, look at all this candy for dirt cheap." <laughs> I could buy so many pounds of Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> I, I stopped. We had we had a legitimate problem. I do where remember. we would find Jolly Rancher wrappers everywhere. I do remember <laughs> at, at the old apartment or whatever how yeah. there was candy everywhere. There's candy just everywhere. <laughs> I had to stop though because I started thinking about wait a second. Diabetes. My teeth might not last another year. If I, do <laughs> I realized that I wanted my teeth because how else was I going to eat all my chips with beans? <laughs> Well, then you just you just munch on the beans. Yeah, you, you just like them. yeah, them. You, you don't you, you can't don't, use. The I have to like suck on the chips until like they. It's like, refried <laughs> beans. Apart. They're already. Well, either that's that what Arkansas you, does. So. Either that, or you just eat the dip with a spoon. Nah, I, no, <laughs> just <laughs> it's not a dip. Just, just no, guys. Why? Why would you? Why that would defeats you even whole do purpose that? of doing in the first place. <laughs> All right. Well, we're at thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Seems about Good right. Good job bullshitting you guys. <laughs> right. And this week on Carlos's Eating Habits. <laughs> uh, so the next thing that uh, that's going to play, uh, at least for you guys at the podcast, the live listeners, you're going to have to wait for the show to go up because i got to cut it together. Um, but we went to Benton Brewstillery last weekend. Uh, it was me, Carlos, uh, Matt, and Peter went. Peter. And we we uh, sat at, well, I did, we, we uh, Peter. Bartley took us behind, uh, you know, into the brewery and stuff. We were talking about the beers and their new liquors. And uh, you may remember we were there about a year ago, uh, and they had just started opening. They hadn't opened their tap room yet, uh, but the tap room is now open and redone, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, uh, we'll have we'll have some video and some photos and stuff up later this week. Hopefully, uh, it might be another week or so depending on how things go. But please listen to the interview and enjoy. It turned out just phenomenally. And then, yeah, I think that's about it. I Should I do the sign-off here? Let's check it out. Or should we like stop the recording? We, we, we could do that. That might be the right thing to do. Oh, okay. It might be a little easier for you to like edit everything. Though. Yeah, all right. So uh, just, yeah, you'll hear things at the end. The bigger your brewery, the more stuff you the get. The more stuff you get. So we keep getting more stuff. We keep building pallet racks to put the stuff vertical instead of horizontal. And then we get more stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So you'll recognize all this as the same stuff. 
Uh, the brew house is the same, nothing's changed there. Uh, one small addition is that we do have a whole bunch of small fermenters right there, you'll see. Okay. Little conicals there, those are for uh, little experiments and little sour things. Oh, okay, so you're do are you doing the sours in the small batch then? Uh, not yet. Uh, we've got those to do a little experimental sour okay. batches. We still do sours in the big fermenters, uh, so we can do big enough batches. Okay. Um, we then put them, of course, either in bottles, and kegs, and barrels, and things like that. So we've got several sours aging right now in barrels. Um, and we've got uh, a couple out there on the market. The one we recently released is the uh, Belgian Berliner Bach. Yep, I just had. That, yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah. on tap. That was very good. Thanks. That was, that Thank was you. awesome. Yeah, it's something that um, has been received very well, and we're really happy about that. You know, awesome. I mean, we're trying to get what we're terming them approachable sours. Right. Uh, yeah. Not the things that are super really funky, mm -hmm. um, but something that's approachable, drinkable, uh, characterized really just by the tartness and the uh, and the, the very dry, okay, and light-bodied, yep. you know, style of, of the sour. Um, making them approachable, making so that people aren't afraid of them. Um, a lot of people say, no, I don't like sours. Well, you just haven't met one that you like yet. Right. Try this one and see what you think, and if you don't like it, that's fine, you know, but yep. at least you know you gave it a shot. So we get a lot of people changing their minds about sours. That's awesome. Because of that, you know, trying to make something that isn't so brutal. Yeah. You know, something a little bit more, again, approachable. Well, there's so many people who just don't like sours for whatever reason. Right. I don't get it. Sours are great. Oh, they're, they're, they're refreshing. They're just, I've just been recently getting into sours, too. Yeah. So we just attended a, a sour beer fest in mm -hmm. Hudson. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of new sours there. Yeah. But, uh, well, sounds good. Crazy amount of sours. So uh, what, what, other, like, uh, what other stuff are you doing here? Um, well, I, I, I saw that you guys barrel-aged uh, Dark Father. We did. And, yeah, and released that um, back in November, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. How, uh, how quickly did that go? Uh, it took about three weeks. Oh, wow. For it to be gone. Wow. Um, so it went pretty fast. <laughs> um, almost as fast as Maroon and Bold. Okay. Maroon and Bold, the uh, double infuriatingly passive-aggressive ale mm -hmm. that uh, we make every year. Always comes out around middle of December. It, uh, it was gone in two weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it really went extremely fast. Um, hopefully next year we'll be able to make a larger batch. Okay. Is what I got to say about that. And hopefully we'll stick around <laughs> a little bit longer because we get a lot of calls and a lot of requests for it. Um, and all I can say is that there might be a few bottles at a couple of different liquor stores. but Okay. Just hidden on that, shelves somewhere. Yeah. You know, so if, it, uh, if no one knows it's there, it'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that's gone extremely well. Um, a few more upgrades that we've done is we do have two more fermenters over here. I'm not sure we had those. No, I don't. I don't two. think so. I think you were talking about putting them in yet. I think you just had the two. So we've got these two. This is the first wave of expansion. Hopefully, within the next couple of months, um, we'll see how things go. If we can get to maximum operating capacity um, and maintain that for a couple of months, we'll get two more fermenters. Okay. Uh, we'll basically put them right here where these barrels are. Oh, so where are the they'll, barrels going to go then? Uh, they'll join their brethren on the other side of the fermenter <laughs> where all the other barrels are. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's another way of expansion too. Um, again, see all the pallet racking stuff. We've, we've put all that stuff up and made more room for 
room for ourselves. It's something that we've been needing is space, you know, okay. is, is room to grow and room to, to buy more stuff, to also put, put on pallet racks. Um, here's the rest of our barrels. Uh, we've got a lot of sour beers aging in here. Um, we also have uh, uh, some of the uh, El Guerrero. It's a Chilean double stout. Oh. That we came out with around August, I think, or September time frame. Uh, that's aging in Jack Daniels barrels right now. That'll come out uh, mid-March. Okay. So that'll be another really yeah. interesting beer. <laughs> um, a nice big stout aged in uh, bourbon barrels. So looking forward to that. Um, I don't know. What else have we done equipment-wise? Did you guys have cans last year? Were you- Nope. Seven cans? No? Nope. That's also very new. Okay. Uh, the, we started canning Nordic Blonde, I think, in September or October. Okay. Okay. And that's gone very, very well. Uh, we also started canning more, our IPA. Okay. It's a, a historic IPA. Um, we started canning that. We did our first can run of that probably three weeks ago, I think. It I was. need to start finding that in cans. Yeah. <laughs> I can drink a lot of that beer. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy drinking beer for sure. <laughs> um, we, we we packaged 130 cases, and every one of them were sold out of here within two days. Oh wow! And a lot of liquor stores were sold out of them within a couple of days after that. Okay. So our back orders are up to 130 cases again. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so we really got to get that into cans as soon as possible. Luckily, we do have a batch. It'll be ready in about two weeks. Okay. Uh, we'll be able to get that into to cans and get that out to the liquor stores. Awesome. Um, Uber Lupin, beer we re- just released yesterday. So what what is Uber Lupin? It is a Schwartz IPA. Schwartz, German for black. So, so is, is it a German, black IPA it's a or is it black IPA? Yes. Okay. So it depends on what you consider black IPA as a style. This is an IPA that's very very dark. So is it roasty or is it just dark? Just mildly roasty. Okay. So it's um, not like Cascadian dark ale or whatever right, they're calling it. Right. There's a million names for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's not that typical style. Okay. Um, it is dark. It is, has a little bit of roastiness to it. But it's more on the lines of an IPA. Okay. Um, 8.3 ABV, so it's been strong. 83 yeah. IBU, so it's uh, really hoppy. What kind of hops are you using in that one? Oh, uh, that's German hops. We're using Mercure Select, I think. Um, so going for more of those spice floral notes rather than the uh, like citrus of American yep. hops. Okay. Yep. So being that it's a German yeah. IPA, it's all German ingredients. So we use all German hops. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a fun thing. That'll be in 16-ounce cans. Okay. Hopefully, we'll be canning next week. So are you moving away from bottles then? Into yes. just cans? Okay. Yep, we've moved completely away from bombers. Oh, really? No bombers No anymore. bombers at all. We do some 750s, things like our sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, our sour line will always go into 750s. Um, we do, do a specialty type beers as well, um, like the El Guerrero, that was in 750s. The Dark Father, Barrel Age version was in 750s. This El Guerrero that's aging in Jack Daniels barrels will also go into 750s. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're pretty much trying to standardize 
and get out of the whole bomber race. Um, All right. Just something that we don't see as a beneficial package. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, and I don't see as much craft beer in cans as I feel like we should. Right. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're doing anything hoppy, it'll stay longer in the can. Absolutely. Yeah, it stays fresher in a can. Um, you don't get the light struck problems that you have with, with bottles. So you end up with a better, longer lasting beer. Awesome. So what's your distribution range now? I mean, when, I guess last time we were here, you guys haven't even, hadn't even opened yet. And so from yep. that point to now, like what kind of growth have you yeah, seen? Yeah, things have changed quite a bit. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, back then, I don't know, we had maybe 30 accounts or something like that. Okay. Now we've got over 200. Oh, wow. Um, we, we take beer, We've had beer up in uh, St. Cloud, uh, all the way down to Red Wing. Wow. Um, those are more off, one-off, few-offs yeah. type things. Um, we consistently get beer to Ramsey, um, Andover, Anoka, um, up to Hugo, uh, Forest Lake, um, all the way down through Burnsville, uh, Lakeville area, all the way out to Chanhassen, uh, places out west. And then all the way east to right before the river. Okay. Um, little St. Croix uh, Trail. I think there's a little road right there. It's the last road before you get to the river. Last okay. exit off of 94. Yep. We're in uh, three places just right up and down that uh, oh, wow. stretch right there. Okay. So That's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty widespread. Um, starting mid-March, I think it is, we'll actually uh, be launching with a distributor that will take us statewide. Wow. Okay. Yep. Wow. So it's big news for us. That's huge. Uh, I mean, yeah. what, like, so what are the brew days going to look like then? A hectic, mean. yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more of them. There's going to be no empty fermenters ever. Um, they will always be full. They'll be emptied in order to fill them. Um, and package, package, package. Awesome. So we're going to be doing a lot of canning. A lot of canning. Um, so if there's any volunteers, send me an email. Anyone wants to come help cool. out, yeah. you know. Um, so you know we'll, we'll be canning probably once a week, pretty soon. Wow. Uh, and that's nice. something that uh, is going to be a lot of work, but you know it's something that uh, got to work hard to, to play hard. Yep. So what's your what's your capacity now? Um, like how many barrels can you do a year? You know, just those two fermenters, the two beers that we're going statewide with is Nordic Blonde and more, the okay. two that are in cans. Uh, we'll be going statewide with uh, draft and cans. Um, just that is probably around 2,000 barrels wow. a year. Um, we'll see how it goes and if we can get that many done. You know, there's a lot of things that come up. Uh, basically, breweries are fickle animals. Lots of times you have to fix something before you do anything. Yep. Yeah. So that tends to take a little bit of time out of the day. So I don't know if we'll actually get full production, but if we can get to 1500, that'd be great. You know, just out of those two. Uh, then we got all the sours and the, the, the stouts and, you know. So you're gonna the keep the, the, the fun stuff going on here at the brewery? And yep, absolutely. Yeah, we'll always have the fun stuff. Um, we also have this uh, little five-barrel fermenter there that we've been using a lot for something we call the Brewers Experimental Series. Okay. Uh, so far, we've done a Sizer, uh, which I is I think a, I had the Sizer. Yeah, so it's a honey 
wine, like a mead, yep. with apple cider, yeah, oh, um, and just enough grains in it to, for us to call it a beer. Uh, same thing for the most just recent one. Dunk the grain in it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there is a, an actual certain percentage that is required oh, yeah. by law. What's what's the percentage? Just like you got, do you so, know off the top of your head? So, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's it's more than just a dunk. It's higher than ten percent too. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. It's like closer 15, to twenty five. Okay. Yeah. Um, so doing that for the base, uh, and then this latest one we did is uh, a pineapple which is uh, orange blossom honey and the birch trimming or grapes. Oh. So it's, it's a beer that tastes like a cross between Chardonnay and Resin. Interesting. That's good. It is very, very interesting. So people come into our place, our tap room, and they say, yeah, I really don't like beer. Like, <laughs> okay. We got some for I've got three choices for you then. Okay, yeah. Three? This is a brewery, right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but, um, and I always give them a Nordic Blonde. Uh, one of the sours, and then uh, whatever their experimental ale series is, right. and a hundred times, a hundred percent of the time, they find something they like. That's awesome. So you know, that's a really cool thing that we can, you know, brag about is that people that don't like beer can come in here and get something that doesn't taste like beer. Yep. Yeah. So let me tell you the truth: the sour beer doesn't taste like beer. No, it doesn't. As we know it. Right. You know, it's almost champagne-like itself. Yeah. Uh, wine-like. You know, so dry, tart. So, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a fun part about bringing people in here into the tap room is we get to surprise people. Yep. Um, and that's really the one of the things that we, we enjoy the most. So with that with that uh, Brewer's Experimental Series, is that going to stay in, like, the mead wine type area, or is it going to... So far, the... so far that's what we're doing. The next one we're going to do is an apricot. Okay. Um, so it'll be honey and apricot. Um, you know, who knows where the wind will blow us in that regard. You know, a lot of it just has to do with Kristen and his his imagination and what he wants to do. So, you know, we get to do a lot of fun stuff and, and again, surprise people. They're like, how can you make this? You're a brewery. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. You make beer. It's beer. Right. Well, you guys seem to do, you know, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and speaking of that, why don't we talk about the uh, distillery a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the fun stuff right there. That's definitely, truly the, the differentiator. Um, we are still the only brew distillery in the state of Minnesota. Uh, that's one of the things that we, we pride ourselves on. Um, right now, we've only got one product on the market, and that's a Gunner Ghost Gin. I've heard good um, things about that. I, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> I, yeah? <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's great. Um, one of the best gins I think I've ever had. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I made it as a non-gin drinker. I don't like gin oh, really? that much. Okay. Um, so I wanted to make something that was a little bit less juniper berry focused. Uh, there is quite a bit of juniper in there, and it does have the, the essence and aroma, you know, of, of juniper berry. But there's so many other things going on in there that it draws your attention away right. from the juniper berry. Um, we've got uh, 14 different botanicals in there. So I actually started when I was putting this recipe together. I started out with 25. <laughs> You're like, well, this might be a little too much. I whittled them down. <laughs> Some things didn't work with the other combinations. Wow. They didn't come out as expected, um, or the, the, the flavors just weren't complementary. Um, so after going through uh, 15 different iterations. Oh, wow. I finally found the right combination and the right levels. So when you're doing something like that, what size batches are you doing for your iterations? Are you doing like a one-gallon distill? 
You know, I, I can't do something that small, okay. actually, unfortunately. I mean, I could if I constructed something else. But I've got a small 26 gallon still. Okay. And for these experiments, I'd run it with like maybe 12 gallons in it. Okay. Okay. Uh, 12 gallons would get me one gallon of distillate. Oh, okay. So. So know, it's still not a huge amount of. Right. Right. Okay. But it is an experiment, and it is something that if it didn't work out, kind of gets wasted. <laughs> um, but you know, the, some of the ones that that were better, yet not good enough. You know, I, I did keep, you know, we'll, we'll do something fun with them. There you go. Yeah, we'll end up doing something with them. I'm sure. I don't know what. <laughs> well, I mean, liquor is not going to go to waste. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to go bad either. Yep. Um, so we'll probably uh, probably end up uh, throwing it in a barrel, you know, and do some barrel aging. Some uh, barrel aged gin. Mm -hmm. Yep. That'll be intriguing. Do you, do you uh, predict, like, a lot of the botanicals will drop out, or...? I don't think they'll drop out. What what will happen is that they'll basically combine with uh, the the flavors that are in the, the barrel. Oh, okay. So basically, you'll get a combination flavor of gin and whiskey. Okay. And depending upon what was in that barrel previously, you'll get that flavor as well. Awesome. Um, that's something I guess we can segue right into that too, yeah. because I actually have done that already. Oh, really? Um, I've got a, uh, a Templeton rye barrel. Okay. No, it's not Templeton. I'm sorry. It's um, Journeyman. Oh, okay. Journeyman Distillery in uh, Michigan. Uh, we used a, a Journeyman rye whiskey barrel to age a Belgian double. Okay. The Belgian double that came out of there was excellent. I thought to myself, I wonder what gin would taste like <laughs> if it had a little bit of elements of this Belgian double. So I filled it of uh, gin, so I got a, a barrel of that aging right now. And how long has that been in the barrel? About uh, maybe eight to ten weeks. Oh, okay. Something like that. So not super long yet? Nope, nope, not long enough yet, for sure. Um, then uh, I had another little brainstorm, little brainchild. Uh, we had emptied out all the, the barrels that we used to age Dark Father. Okay. And in one of my favorites out of the, the group of barrels that we used to age Dark Father, was a, a Nicaraguan distillery, or a, yeah, a Nicaraguan rum distillery. Okay. Um, the dark father that came out of that was just excellent. Just the added level of sweetness from the rum that got imparted oh. into the beer was phenomenal. Um, I just thought, what the heck, you know, maybe gin would go nicely with that too. So <laughs> I put a little bit in a barrel and the aroma coming off of it was just incredible. It's like, this is getting full. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I found two more. Uh, the fun thing is, is that it is these barrels are 50 years old. Yep. They're 50-year-old wow. rum barrels. And that's just the, the earliest date I could find on them. Who knows how old they really are. Um, and those are aging nicely as well. Wow. So we're doing some really different things. And I'm hoping this gin actually picks up a lot of color from the barrel and turns it black. Oh, because Dark Father was in there. Yeah. So Dark Father is a very dark beer. Okay. So I'm Black hoping. Jam. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. I'm intrigued and I'm salivating. So. I know. I'm, really <laughs> I'm thirsty myself. Um, and we also have some aging in just a new charred oak barrel. Okay. Um, we'll probably use that like for blending back and things like that, maybe, you know, but. Um, you know, it's something that's not as unique. I mean, that's been done before. There's a lot of people who barrel-aged gin uh, in new charred oak barrels. 
I don't know that there's anyone who ages gin in a 50-year-old rum barrel that was used to age a American Imperial Stout. <laughs> I might be a little bit more unique. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's exactly what we had been planning to do all along, is interesting, unique things. And whenever a wild hair hits, like, yeah, what the heck? Give it a shot. Well, you guys are small enough and nimble enough to be yeah. able to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can, there's nothing wrong with doing one barrel of something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, try it out. See what happens. Yep. Um, you know, we've, we've got time. Yeah. You know, we figure we're in for the long haul, you know, so we can make batches and hide them here and there in corners and yep. let it just sit there and, and age away and develop character and, you know, become a, a new product in a couple of years from now. You know, so that's been fun. Um, also, I'm doing something that I, I I probably said in our first interview that uh, I said I would never do. Um, uh, a lot of people ask, you know, how, how come you're not making a vodka? Everyone starts out making a vodka. And I'm like, well, it's it's so done. You know, everyone makes a vodka. That's kind of why I don't want to make a vodka. Well, I guess I. Uh, uh, I'm reneging on that statement oh. <laughs> um, because I did find something very interesting to do with vodka. Uh, I'm making a, a potato vodka. Okay. Okay. It's something spectacular. I love it. I, I never never thought I'd like vodka, um, but uh, a local restaurant tour that throws away a lot of potato peels approached me and said, "Have you ever thought about doing a potato vodka?" No, but I will. I'll think about it, you <laughs> yeah. know. And they said, well, we'll give you all the potato skins you want. So all like, right. All right, I'll give you a shot. <laughs> so I did a very small batch. Um, if you'd like to try it. Yeah, I would I would love to try it. Let's, uh, let's pull this out. Grab a couple of glasses. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. So this came out, like I said, with... Not, not vodka flavored, which is you know I mean if you look at a lot of these big name vodkas, their goal is to be flavorless, colorless, and odorless. Um, this definitely has a, a lot of flavor from the potato, so it's it just turned into being something that was surprising to me. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It smells, it doesn't have that, it has a slightly different aroma than you usually get from a vodka. Right, it doesn't it smells have very that, good. Um, pure alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that burn. Yeah, that ethyl alcohol smell. But it smells really good. Mmm. But it's got that earthiness. Yeah. That earthiness from the potato. Um, because it's using so much, so much of the, the potato peels, you get a lot of earthiness from it. Um, and I think that just makes a very, very interesting vodka. Um, it's not birthday cake flavored, but <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever Actually, achieve that kind of status. But. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I get the earthy flavor. It's earthy it's and a little sweet. Yep, yeah. And that uh, that comes through. I was very surprised. I mean, this is the very first vodka I've ever made. Yeah. I mean, my history is in the in making of the whiskeys and, and bourbons and things like that. And actually, the gin was a month long uh, experiment for me to to create the gin. But um, this made it one run. Yeah. Like, well, are, are you gonna okay. are you gonna try to refine this process at all, or do you th- are you happy with where it is right now? I'm happy with the flavor. I made. Uh, 
I might smooth it out just a little bit more. Okay. Um, first step is to see if this recipe is repeatable, and then the next step is to scale it up. Oh, okay. Um, right now, I only did a small batch through my, my little still. Okay. Um, it didn't make much. You know, 12-gallon batch made about, uh, uh, what did it make? It made uh, 10 bottles. Okay. So, can't can't go to distribution. Yeah, you can't bottles. go. <laughs> um, so uh, if I can scale it up to run into the in, into the big still, you know, it'll be another product out there on the market. So we're working on that now. So when when you talk about like smoothing out uh, a liquor like this, what like is there like a general practice in doing that or nope, just okay, just um, uh, trial or, and error type deal. Well, it really, to me, smoothing it out would mean what I would do in order to smooth it out a little bit is I would make the cuts a little bit less generous. Okay. Um, I would squeeze the hearts to a smaller volume. Okay. Um, and basically, you end up with less, you know, harsh stuff in the in the spirit. All right. So, yeah. So we'll try and uh, increase the yield of the mash, so our volumes stay the same, but decrease the amount that we. Oh, okay. That we cut the percentage that we cut, so we're we're still sticking into the the, the best part of the hearts. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, all right. So you have, you have gin. You're working on a vodka, but we all want to know where's the whiskey. <laughs> how's how's that coming? <laughs> I've got two whiskey saging. Okay. I don't know if we spoke about this in the past, um, but the the first whiskey that I made were. It's, it was something that just kind of came on the spur of the moment. Um, I got my Minnesota State distiller's license in the mail, unexpected. <laughs> and I was so over the moon, ran around the brewery trying to find something to distill. <laughs> it's like, you got to give me something to distill here. We got, we got freaking beer everywhere. Yep. <laughs> so I happened to find um, a couple of cases of a double IPA. Um... Well, maybe this is sacrificial. <laughs> Put it in the little still and ran it. Toying with calling it a double IPA ski. <laughs> double IPA ski. It really, <laughs> it really surprised me how much hop character actually came through the really? distillation process. It actually has a lot of the, you know, good flavor notes of a, of a good uh, double IPA. Wow. So uh, it was so good that I found another 450 gallons <laughs> and put it into the big still. So now we've got quite a bit of that aging. Um, that'll age on, on oak for quite a while. Uh, we want to make it smooth and truly whiskey-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and around the time that it's done aging, I'll dry hop it. Oh, a dry hop whiskey. Has that ever been done before, to your knowledge? I don't know. I really don't know. I can't imagine it hasn't been, not with all the, the really creative guys out there yeah. with uh, with um, Rogue and Dogfish Head and uh, New Holland, uh, Corsair. Uh, yep. All these guys are, are doing a lot of beer-centric type things, too. Um, I try not to look for that sort of stuff because then I get disappointed okay. that someone else thought of it already. You know, I do come up with these ideas independently, but I, I, I like the idea that it was mine and it's yeah. original. 
Um, so if I come across it somewhere else, I'm always disappointed. Ah, well, at least you still did it better, right? I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Um, hopefully it comes out that way. Uh, but, you know, dry hopping it, and I actually plan to bottle it with a hop cone in the bottom, too. Oh. oh. Kind of like awesome. the tequila worm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that'll Instead be something. drinking the worm, it's drinking the cone. Drinking, right? drinking the cone, yeah. 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 <laughs> Call it the dancing with the cone. Or something. I don't know. I'll have to come up with some good term for that. Yeah. But um, the other whiskey that I've got aging is a uh, 100% smoked malt whiskey. Ooh. Um, I have the bottle around here somewhere. This is a bottle mock-up. It's called Cursed. Okay. It's a single malt whiskey. That's a bad uh, Man, you want to get a good... All right. <laughs> it's, um, like I said, it was, uh, it's 100% smoked malts. Um, I use a combination of cherry wood smoked malts, some German Rauch malts, and uh, a small amount of peat smoked malt. And um, it, it makes quite a very interesting mash bill. It's, it smells so smoky. It is a beer, though, though it's absolutely undrinkable. I believe I mean, it. it is just so smoky. Right. Um, and then uh, through the distillation process, you get a lot of that smoke character through. Um, and, and it's just great. Uh, what I'm doing with it now is aging it in an oak as well as charred applewood. Ooh. Um, applewood's going to lend a little bit of sweetness to the to the whiskey so it's going to have a, a besides the, the characteristic whiskey bite it'll also have a little bit of uh, smooth sweetness to it too so is it going to come out uh kind of like almost scotch like not really scotch okay. scotch is very peaty yeah most scotches are very very peaty um there's only the smallest bit of peat smoked malt in here so it, it really won't okay. have that type of smoke flavor more of the, just a smoke in general from the Rauch, okay. as well as the, uh, the cherry wood smoke malts. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, being single malt whiskey, a lot of people are already equating it to scotch. Um, it's really a whole different thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't mind the reference. Um, got tons of these bottles ready to be filled. I just need uh, the just aging need process to keep going. Yep. <laughs> And get some it's of a that. A lot of hurry up and wait. Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that and um, bourbon also. You know, I am a whiskey and bourbon guy, so the, it's a bit of a departure for me to go into the the gins and vodkas. But you know, it was just so much fun to make. You know, so I'm like, what the heck? Let's do it. You know. Well, and you can push it out the door relatively quickly, right? Yeah. You know, it does mean revenue. It, it means revenue in a, in a cash flow heavy business, especially when you have to pay for the barrels and the ingredients, you know, so long before you can actually realize any gains from it. Yep. You know, it is nice to have something that you can easily, you know, turn over in a week and and have out the door and get paid 30 days later. Yep. Oh, in that 30 days. Yeah. So, so the cash flow is a little bit interrupted, but you know, it's it's something that but it's uh, we have to live with. It's not, yeah. you know, five years interrupted. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so this is what we use to collect the gin. Right oh, here. okay. Um, big uh, plastic bin. Big collection vessel. <laughs> um, you know, we we don't quite fill it up on a on a run. We really only get about uh, well, I guess once it's it's uh, proofed to 114, it's uh, about 110 gallons, so about half. So why do you do your gin at 114 instead of like a lot of them are you know 80 or whatever? 
114 has uh, is very interesting to me because of its designation as Navy Strength. Um, Navy Strength gin is 114 proof, and the, basically the story around that is that uh, way back in the day uh, of cannons on board ships, if your gunpowder gets wet by a stray cannonball hitting your store of booze, whether it's rum or gin or anything else, if your gunpowder gets wet by that, it's useless. If it's 114 proof or higher, you can scoop up a handful of that stuff, shove it in your cannon, and fire back at that asshole that just shot a hole in your barrel of gin. <laughs> what a I don't know about you, but I'm shooting back. Right? I don't care if I gotta throw a cannonball. If he busted a hole in my in my barrel of gin, kind of pissed. So they actually had a guy standing at the gangway. Don't get cute with that. Um, and would test the the booze as it came on board. If it wasn't 114 proof or higher, it was not allowed on the boat. Okay. Hence, Navy strength. Oh. So, um, that is one of the cool things about it, and that's kind of why we went with the ghost ship type idea, you know, because after reading the story, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I can run with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you think about the ghost ship, you know, and it's maybe someone who didn't have Navy strength gin, that's why it's a ghost ship. Yep. Because he got his ass beat by someone that shot a hole in his booze <laughs> and got his, got his gun, <laughs> got his gunpowder wet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I, I think the story's really cool and this whole nautical thing, you know, it's, it's kind of neat. Um, so that's kind of how we came up with 114 proof. Okay. Um, also a good friend of mine uh, mentioned the fact that there's not enough high proof gins out there. Um, and he thought that if I made something that was high proof and really intense, it would have a, a, a great reception in the market. Okay. It would fill a need that bartenders have. Yeah. Um, as far as making something uh, or having a, 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 a spirit that they can use in a cocktail that won't easily get covered up by the mixers. Okay. So, you know, I took his, uh, his advice to heart and made something super intense and really <laughs> high proof. And yeah, and so far it's been received very well. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so is it at uh, bars in town? Like it is. People can go find it in downtown? Yep, yep, many. Um, we've been distributing since Christmas, actually. Okay. Christmas Eve was when I made the first deliveries with our distributor. Um, and right now we're probably over 60 accounts. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's liquor stores and bars. Um, we're in a lot of cool places like uh, Airte in the Northeast. Okay. Um, Artist Quarter, uh, Borough, um, Uptown. Okay. I'm sorry, Downtown. Uh, Washington Avenue. Um, you know, we're in lots of liquor stores, all the way up to Ramsey, all the way down to Red Wing. Oh, wow. Um, and again, this place over very close to Hudson. And um, yeah, throughout a lot of MGMs. Um, I can't think of any other notables, but uh, the list is growing every day. Um, we're talking with Target Center right now. Oh, wow. We've had our beer in Target Center for quite a while, probably over a year. And um, and he he contacted me the other day and said, hey, you know, when's your gin coming out? I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> just happened to come out last week. <laughs> and he goes, awesome. We yes. got we got to get some. <laughs> um, so we're working with them, um, getting our distributor set up as a vendor for them, and then we'll have uh, we'll have our gin at uh, Target Center and 
you'll be able to go there and watch a ball game or a concert and have a have a gin drink. There you go. You know, something locally made. So, what what kind of uh, I guess challenges have you noticed, like, or challenges and differences between distributing uh, like liquor versus beer? Is there a huge it is, difference, or there is actually, and to me, it's it's very frustrating. Um, I've got we've we've got guys that are at liquor stores and bars all the time. You know, we've got two employees. One of them's uh, they're both sales and delivery, and the the guys, the owners of these restaurants, say. Yeah, man. Uh, how about I get a case of that gin too? Well, yeah, you gotta call this guy, and this guy will set up an, an appointment, wow. and they'll, you know, and all this other stuff. And, and it's very frustrating that we can't just bring a case with us. I mean, we're there already anyway. We know the people by name. You know, we know them as friends. You know, these partners of ours in this industry of of, of adult beverages. You know, they're our retail partners, and. You know, they're, they're frustrated, too. It's like, well, why can't we just buy it from you? We're buying, we're buying beer from you, right? Yeah. Why so can't the, you the just throw a case of gin on the, in the back of the yeah. truck, you know, and deliver that, too? You know, so that, that part is, is very, very frustrating. Um, and nothing ever happens fast enough for me, either. Um, I like You've made it. You want it out there, right? I want it out there now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, so, you know, I, I just know that if... We were able to put it in the back of our truck and take it with us on other deliveries. We'd have 200 accounts. Oh wow! As opposed to 60. Um, I mean, like I said, we see these people every day. You know, see them well, at least once a week, and all of them have been asking over and over again, "When's the booze going to be ready? When's the booze going to be ready?" And we always have to say, "Soon, soon." Now we say it's ready, but you can't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're like, what do you mean? You know, so Man. that part is very frustrating. The lack of control is very frustrating for me. I like the personal touch. I like to go in there to the liquor store and hand off a, a case of gin. Well, and I mean, in, with a brewery and your it. size, it's, yeah. I mean, that's that's your thing. Yeah, the personal touch is our thing. Yeah. You know, and, and like I say, I, I've got a lot of pride in, in our products. You know, I want to be there when they try it for the first time. Um, I, I like being there for, for the deliveries, you know, and, and say, you know, finally, you know, after all these years, I finally have a product for you, you know, and they're like, awesome, great, you know, and you get to, to see their, you know, their excitement and exuberance and all that, and now I'm removed from it, and it's, yeah. Irritating. Yep, it's irritating, and I have no idea where it is. It just kind of goes out into the ether somewhere, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I get updates from the, from our distributor. When um, you know when we deliver it to places and he delivers it to places, I get occasional updates, and that's you know that's great. And you know, but for me as a as someone who likes to be involved in every single aspect of it, it's I feel a bit removed. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it would be like that with anybody. Yeah. Well, and so I, I guess another question I have is with your unique uh, like uh, situation as both a brewer and a distiller. Uh, on premises, you can do like beer tastings and stuff here, but you can't do any like liquor tastings, right? The only thing that I'm legally allowed to do is what we just did with okay. the sampling of the of the liquor. Okay. Um, I'm allowed to pour 15 milliliter samples, um, three per person per day. Okay. That's it. Um, luckily, I only have two products <laughs> at the moment, so there's no yep. choices that need to be made. Right. Um, but uh, that, that's, that's really it. Um, 
all of my distilling brethren here in the state of Minnesota are allowed to have cocktail rooms. But you're not because because you're my there. name is Ben Distillery. Um, I've chosen to have a tap room, and um, our 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 partners who aren't partners that are stepping on my neck are are opposed to to me having a a cocktail room and a tap room. Well, because just... they think I'll be like a bar. And that'll compete with other bars. Like, well, last I checked, this is America. Right. We're based on a free market economy right. that thrives on competition. You know, I will never be a bar because I will never be able to buy Jim Beam or Patron or yeah, anything like that. It's only your own product. It's just the tiny little things that I make here. And I don't care how big you are, you know, any distillery... It's not going to have one of everything. No. And even if they do, it's still their own recipe. You know, and there's always going to be people who don't like your recipe. Mm-hmm. People come in here and don't like, they don't like mine. That's fine. I can accept that, yeah. you know. Um, and they're going to say, oh, darn it. You know, this just doesn't taste enough like wild turkey to me. I'm going to go to the <laughs> bar and get my wild turkey shot, you know. And God bless them. I mean, everyone's got the right yeah. to their own palate. You know, but if they want me to make wild turkey for them, tough shit, I'm not going to do it. You know, they make it just fine themselves. Yep. You know, all respect to them. You know, they, I'm not going to compete with something that's already been made. Um, I'm not going to make Jack Daniels type things Mm -hmm. either. You know, they make it. We don't don't, need another Jack Daniels. We don't need another one. Exactly. So I'm going to make things a little bit different, you know, and it may not appeal to everybody. So I, I just really don't see why me being able to serve cocktails on my stuff here is a threat to anybody. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a bit of legislation that I'm fighting now. Um, hopefully we can get some support from uh, the, the general public and talking to their legislators and let them know okay. that you know this is something that we would like to see. We would like to see more freedoms in regards to the, the craft liquor scene in Minnesota, which is growing very mm-hmm. rapidly. Um, every single one of us have you know, at least a couple of employees, too, you know, so we're adding jobs, we're buying products from Minnesota farmers. Bringing money into the local economy. <clears throat> exactly. What's our opposition doing? All they're doing is trying to keep us down to protect their own turf, mm-hmm. yep. you know, uh, the only things, uh, these, these influences that they have at the state level are really only there to benefit them. Where we're here giving people jobs and benefiting Minnesota as a whole with with buying Minnesota ingredients and Minnesota products, you know, from our Minnesota farmers, which is so important, yeah. you know, in this day and age is, is keeping the money here. And what are they doing? They're giving their money to, to Budweiser and Miller and all these other big breweries outside of, of yes. our state, yeah. you know. And yeah, even outside the U.S., to tell you the truth, you got InBev, you know. InBev owns half of them. And right, you know, you're talking about Belgian companies and Argentinian companies and Brazilian companies and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, what's, where's, who's supporting the little guy here? You know, what happened to Made in America? You know, come on. You know, we're, we need to protect ourselves before we, you know, start cleaning someone else's house. We've got to clean our own. Mm-hmm. And... That's something that um, our opposition just doesn't see as an issue. 
they're just more concerned about their, their one or line. two little guys, yeah. you know, that may be affected by this and, and all that. And again, I'm telling you, that's, that's the way of the world. It's competition. It's yeah. free market. It's capitalism. It's democracy. It's not, you know, it, we try for it not to be the rich own the world. You know, everyone roots for the underdog. <laughs> hey. You're the underdog. I'm as under as it gets, man. I'm as under as it gets, you know, yeah. just trying to, to, to have fun and, and make some cool products and, and be entertaining, really. I mean, we really want to help entertain people. We want to make this an experience when they come here. And for us to serve cocktails here would greatly enhance that experience. Yeah. When people came in, they'd have choices. You know, yeah. they'd have something else to look at um, instead of beer. And you'd, like I say, not everybody likes beer. And that's the big issue with, with tap rooms right now, is you get a lot of people coming in where one half of the couple says, okay, we'll go because I know you want to go, but we're only staying for one beer because then <laughs> we're going to go so I can get a, a cocktail. Yeah. Yep. And if you could do the cocktail here, you'd have both halves of the couple and Absolutely. they would stay longer. And yeah. Yeah. And so, try more of your products. Exactly. You know, and then get hooked on them and say this is the greatest thing ever and they would then drive to their local liquor store and pick up a bottle Everybody that they can have at home mm-hmm. right until they have a cocktail you know and know its potential it's very few people that are going to risk 30 bucks on a bottle yeah well and even if they have a cocktail at a bar it's not the same like with your with your product it's not the same because they don't have the experience of coming here and trying it from the source exactly you know and that's what we're about is is that experience you know uh, being that destination the destination place where people can come here and hang out and see something completely different than they can see in any other place you know and that brings people to roseville yeah you know again it makes it a unique a much more unique experience to us to me that's invaluable you know but it's something we're held back from so anyway like i said we'll try and change those laws i encourage everyone to to write an email to their local <laughs> state representative an <laughs> <laughs> and um and let them know that you're in favor of fair um, liquor laws across the boards between wineries, breweries, and distilleries, you know, and, and not be so restrictive. Um, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're actually going to be, you know, pimping out the pretty good campaign to, oh, okay. to try and get people to, to, to write in. We'll even have a link, you know, to find out who your representative is. Uh, basically click on the link, put in your address, and it'll tell you who your reps are. Awesome. And you can click on them to get your their email address. Mm-hmm phone number or whatever and you can uh, make your voices heard you know it's it's the uh, it's the the vocal minority that tends to win these battles so what we need is the the silent majority to become more vocal mm-hmm. um, and it it's just takes 10 minutes of your time you know very simple to say we want to see craft distilleries micro distilleries and being specific here we don't want a big distillery to come in here and and do these sorts of things and have these same sorts of privileges these are strictly for the micro you know and, and once once we get to that size where we're no longer considered micro that's okay you know i mean we're happy enough to s- surrender that well, license. at that point you've already built your following and right yeah exactly you know by that time we're established enough that um that the you know, we're not as in dire need of the extra income yeah. as we are in the very early stages of development. You know, and that follows the same 
ideology of the tap room and the ability of microbrewers to self-distribute and um, and that sort of stuff. I mean, it it helps them grow to a point where they're sustaining. Um, the the biggest challenge is getting off the ground, you know, and surviving that first year with all these interest payments that you have to make uh, against the loans. Um, and that sort of stuff, you know, and, and the capital that you have to put down. I mean, everyone knows a brewery is not a cheap thing. <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's, it's nothing like, you know, equipping a, a, a retail store, yeah. you know, that sells accessories. You know, it's a bunch of shelving. That's all you need there and some inventory. Here you need, you know, $20,000 fermentation tanks and yep. not just one. You and know, then everything and you make takes time mm-hmm. to actually become a product. Yeah, yep. it takes time to become a product, and it takes time to actually realize the gains from it. You know, so yeah, you know, it's a very tough industry, and all these little privileges that are allotted to to the brewers has is what has sparked this huge increase in the number of breweries. It's because it's a viable business model now. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to have a tap room, be able to, being able to make these larger margins on smaller volumes. You know, and that's the basic formula of, of all of us, real packaging breweries, is the tap room is a smaller volume, but it's a higher margin. You know, what a lot of people don't see is the majority of our products go out to liquor stores and bars and restaurants already. Mm-hmm. You know, so this small, <clears throat> say it's 20% uh-huh. of our production that's made here is all that's not making it to the other partners of ours in the in the three-tiered system. 80% of it is still going out there, you know. So the majority is getting where it needs to go, yeah. and, and everyone's getting their cut. cut. You know, so... But not in that twenty percent you're you're selling here, Barkley. I mean, they I need that too. They need they need all my pennies. They need all my pennies. Well, you'll get this too. I mean, you see a six pack of beer on the shelf. Guess how much of that shelf price I get? Pennies. Just yeah. They're making more money. Everyone. This is just a, a general statement. Everyone's making more money on that six pack of beer than I am. Because the production costs are high. Uh, packaging costs are high, you know, so, you know, once it actually gets on a shelf, maybe I get a buck, <laughs> you know. Uh, a buck out of the 10 that they're selling the six-pack for? Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's no lie, actually, it's no lie. Um, you know, so, that, that again, it's, a, it's an issue, but, you know, it's something that we're willing to deal with because we make up for high volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and um, our distribution partners are the ones that can help us achieve those higher volumes. So it is a partnership, you know, and I'm very thankful for them to be able to get beer to these other places that we can't reach. You know, I mean, it's a struggle for us to get to Andover. Yeah. You know, it's not that far, but geez, you know, it's... But you got to run beer out there every day. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things. So, I mean, having a, a distribution wholesaler partner is, is incredible. You know, this means really big things for us, is that we are going to be able to get more beer to more places, uh, more of the outskirts, um, other places around Minnesota that are are hungry slash thirsty for uh, for craft beer yep. yeah you know so you know it's uh that's something that we're really excited about and uh, like i can say that'll be starting around march 
Awesome. Hopefully by mid-March we'll have uh, a nice cool. big launch party. And that's, that's a huge way to come in just a year. It I is. Mean, uh, when yeah. did you guys officially open your doors this past year? Well, we have been distributing Bent Distillery beer since December 5th of 2013. Okay. Um, we only opened the taproom doors on August 21st of 2014. Okay. So it's been less than a year of operation of the taproom but over a year of distribution of beer. Awesome. And um, yeah, like I say, we're, we're really hoping to get more widespread um, and get uh, as far out there as we can. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, I think we're good. All right, well, thanks for... <laughs> Just uh, make sure you get some good shots of this uh, really sexy uh, oh, distillation yeah. it, column. I mean, here. that's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's that's one thing I I forgot to ask you. So when you when you distilled the uh, the IPA, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of uh, issues. The reason they don't do hopped uh, mashes, they don't they don't distill hop mashes, is because it'll clog up the the column or the stack. Yep, that's very true. Um, the the oils and stuff like that in the hops create a lot of buildup. Okay. Of, Funk and grease. It's kind of a very thick, greasy like type. Like a resin type. Like, yeah, resin. It's a very. That's what, exactly what it is. Is resin. Um, uh, the resin buildup on the plates and things like that. Um, I am. I'm. I'm lucky enough to have put together a column that is completely and totally uh, modular. Okay. I can take off each one of those sections. Oh, and that's nice. exactly what I did. I took them off, scrubbed them in the sink, <laughs> put it back together again. So, so a lot of work for that, uh, for that, for that one, but yes. worth it. It worth it for sure. I mean, but this is a practice that I'll that I'll do every time I switch between products. Anyway. Oh, you okay? I will always take it apart and clean it. All I don't, right. I don't so want you're not out any flavor into yeah. my whiskey unless I'm doing it on purpose. Okay. You know, and we'll do that in other ways, but not just by running through the still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every time we go from gin to whiskey to double IPA ski to bourbon, you know, whenever I switch products, I'll completely disassemble everything and, and scrub okay, it up really good. Okay, so it's, it's not adding anything to your workload, really? Nope. Awesome. No. Very cool. Like I said, a lot of people don't have that option. Their column is closed, mm-hmm. and the only way they can clean it is a CIP type thing. They'll have a fitting at the top, and they'll basically flush... You know, a caustic or uh, an acid or even okay. just a PBW or something like that down through the column. Um, unfortunately, that had absolutely no effect on resin. <laughs> um, it really literally had to be scrubbed by hand. Okay. That was the only thing that took it off. <laughs> so I can see why a lot of people wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. But uh, I ain't scared. Well, I, ain't that, scared well, I mean, and that definitely gives you an advantage then. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to ruin your still... Yeah. <laughs> Don't try and do what I did. <laughs> All right. But, well, um, yeah. Yeah. Again, thank you. Thank yeah. you a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a lot cool. of fun. Yeah, I like it too. It's a lot of fun doing these things. Hey, that was a great interview, guys. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Bartley is a great guy. Bartley knows his stuff. He's, yeah. he's super I can't personal. Wait. And it sounded like it, yeah. I can't wait to buy the, the, the ghost the ghost jam. I uh, Ghost Gunner, right? Yeah, that, that, stuff, that stuff. stuff was like all. Oh, all it was, was it was good. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're they're only ones they have good. right now is the Ghost Gunners. That's the only thing they're selling. But that IPA ski, guys, man, I'm super excited for that. You know what? <laughs> I excited. can't wait to go back so I can have some more of that coffee because that was amazing. Coffee. Oh yeah, well, I don't even think we talked about that on the no. on the interview. Yeah, they have iced coffee on nitro. Yeah, and then you can put your own flavor in There's it. There's no like alcohol in it. No, nope. no, it's just, just coffee, coffee on tap. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah, right? I was I was pretty hungover when we went to it. Then all of a sudden, I had one of those, and I'm like, "Bam! I'm awake." Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's phenomenal coffee. It is so. Well, tasty. Why wasn't that in the interview? 
Because we were got distracted by all the liquor and beer. <laughs> Good call. But yeah, it's a nice alternative to have that something like that. Like oh, some yeah, places just have root beer that they make, but I really like idea. the idea of coffee. It's it's brilliant. I don't know why other people don't like I don't know why more people don't do it. Well, there will be copies. That's true. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the show, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash studios. Or uh, you can head on over to blindnerdstudios.com and click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the page. <laughs> God damn it. I just don't even know anymore. <laughs> click on the Amazon... <laughs> click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the homepage and... <laughs> And you can you can go do your regular Amazon shopping and we get a bit of a cut. Um, we'll be back on next week with uh, actually next week we are having uh, the makers and creators of Drinking Quest. Drinking Quest on. Uh, we're, we're doing that interview next week, so make sure you tune in live for that one. I think that's about it. Uh, questions, comments, feedback, go ahead and send that to feedback at blindnerdstudios.com or shoot us an email or a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.